Have you been feeling stuck, limited, or blocked in your spiritual life? Are you looking for breakthrough today? We are here creating a safe place to uncover real answers to honest questions. Because this is not just another self-help podcast. This is Life for Your Soul. Welcome back, everyone, to Life for Your Soul. Virginia and Rachel are coming at you virtually. Rachel and I are separated uh, and we're coming together online and recording our audio for you guys. And I'm pretty pumped about it. We also have a little bit of an announcement to make before we begin is that we are shifting our podcast release days from Mondays to Tuesdays. So if you are a routine Monday listener, then look for our new episodes to come out on Tuesdays, um, which would start with this one. So welcome to the new format of the show as far as that goes. And I'm excited to jump into today's episode because it's our application activation for discerning eternity. And um, we are going to be talking about a few things, one of which is talking about fruit a little bit. So just to give you a teaser into what a little bit of that is, our last live broadcast that Rachel and I did, which would be in October, listen, don't shame us. A million years ago. (laughs) It's so far away. Um, So that uh, is on YouTube and Facebook. And so if you go back to that live broadcast, we talked about fruit and um, a little bit of Christianese in that episode as well, too. So if you watch that live, um, then you can have some more context for what we're talking about today. Um, yeah, I I do have a tip. So all those people who want to listen to our podcast on Monday, you're just going to have to like wait till the next, you know. Let it come out on Tuesday and then wait till Monday to listen to it. (laughs) And this will also help you practice delayed gratification. (laughs) Sorry, all y'all Monday people. I thought Um, you were just going to stop at just wait. And I'm like, that's not a tip. (laughs) Um, We actually have a lot of other projects and things we're working on. Um, So we're just trying to nail down our schedule and when we can get stuff done and when's the best time to do things. So... Hopefully it won't be that much of an inconvenience. Yep. Um, okay. So we've been talking about eternity and all those kind of things, which is great. Um, and then we've been in between that, we've been talking about people who are, I mean, I'll just say for today, those people who are representing, representing falsely, other perspectives or other paradigms or lifestyles that are not what God has, but for us. Yeah. Um, and then, and we talked about whether it be more on the religious side and different kind of religions or whether it be more on the, like I said, lack of a better term, I'll just say the new age side or the very humanistic side of, um, do as I wilt. <laughs> uh, you own your own life, you know. You don't have to listen to other people's rules. You know, you figure it out yourself. And um, and there's a difference between because there we have a lot of time. You'll run into people who are saying that they've got good results, and we're like, okay, good results. They're like, I have proof. You know, this is doing really well for me, and this is so great. And I'm just running around telling everybody about it. And, um, so I kind of wanted to talk about the difference between results. Um, and it could, and most of the time that I'm talking about short-term results, uh, versus lasting eternal 
fruit like Jesus talked about. Right. Um, and in the Bible, when they talk about fruit, uh, it's metaphor, obviously. We're not talking about literal grapes and oranges and apples and peaches. Because yeah, we're um, not literally connected to a vine either, so... <laughs> So it's it's kind of like in Galatians, I think it's Galatians, which we talked about in uh, on our live stream. If you go back and listen to it, um, I think it's Galatians either chapter five or chapter six, where he's talking about fruit and the fruit of the spirit and being more of like love, joy, peace, patience. So that's character qualities. And then um, the Bible also talks about fruit as good works or an outflow of production of who you are. So Jesus said, Jesus said, if you are a, you know, a good tree by its good fruit and you judge a bad tree by its bad fruit. And I mean, we can pretty much safely know that Jesus took it seriously because he came across a tree that wasn't producing any fruit and he cursed it and it died immediately. (laughs) It's like, you're not doing your job, brother. Yeah. He cursed the big tree. Um, the Bible multiple times references garden and God the Father being the gardener. Mm. And so in that theme in the Old Testament, Jesus is like, okay, well, in the garden of God, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Right? So we're supposed to be connected to the vine. A branch yeah. without the vine, a branch cut off from the vine is worthless and doesn't produce anything. Um, has and no withers. life flow. And it withers. And yeah. all it's good for is brush fire, basically. Um, so Jesus makes that point in John chapter 14 and 15, actually more in 15. Yeah. And I would just say like the the thing with results, like you mentioned earlier, when people are doing things and they're getting results from whatever the thing is versus the fruit. I know that's what we're talking about and we're going to open it up more, but. I think you see people, and especially it's particularly uh, prevalent in the New Age um, movement and like hyper-grace churches and those kinds of things where the teaching just feels better to your flesh. And you see people that are discovering these things and like, oh, well, I'm using my crystals and I'm using my this and my that. And it's just helping my energy all day. And I just feel really connected and good. Um and so you see those results, those earthly temporary results, and we think, oh, well, if what they're doing is working, then why is it bad? Or how does it – like, why can't I do it too? Or why shouldn't I or should I? Um, and so that's kind of like what I just want to bring to the forefront, like as we had this conversation and talk about it, is like in that discerning just because it looks good or it's temporarily working does not mean that you're getting any kind of eternal reward or benefit from it. In fact, it could very well be the opposite. Um, <laughs> this is reminding me of something. A lot of people have been laughing about that um, clip of Pri- uh, Vice President Kamala Harris talking about the importance of the passage of time or whatever she says and she's <laughs> repeating herself the you know but it's actually it's interesting I, I mean she's stumbling over words and repeating herself probably because she's just trying to find her train of thought but um it which I, I i get what she's trying to say though like sometimes you actually have to let the passage of time happen for things to either co- be accomplished or be exposed or whatever yeah absolutely um and so for example a tree a fruit tree does not produce fruit till like the third or fourth year. 
Oh, yeah. Sometimes so more. you can't, if you don't know what tree was planted, you actually don't know what kind of tree it is until like three or four years in when it starts producing its first crop of fruit. Mm-hmm. And if we want to um, get real metaphorical and like cool about this, there's some f- trees that don't produce any fruit unless they're near other trees that can help pollinate them. So I was going to say the same thing. So yeah. Community, man. Community. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so sometimes things have to take a while. Like when you judge, like you don't judge a book by its cover. You kind of have to read the whole book. And unfortunately with things, you have to watch the, the unfolding and the long-term effects or um, aftermath of something for you to really gauge whether it was truly healthy or not, or whether it was beneficial or not, or whether it's eternal or not. And mm. there's some things that won't be judged till the end of time. And then we won't know. Like, if you're not discerning, you won't know that that was worthless until, you know, they get to judge, judge. Too late. Um, And so, and and I actually saw this. I'm not picking on anybody in the raw vegan community, but just as my personal experience. So, back in the early 2000s, I actually kind of got really popular around 2009, 2010. Yeah. Maybe a little bit earlier than that, where a lot of people started doing this raw vegan thing. And every, not everyone, but there's a lot of people who got on the bandwagon. They lost a lot of weight. They were feeling really great. They were just so happy with how they were feeling that first six months to a year that they just became, you know, evangelists for it. And then a lot of people, it became their platform, became their YouTube thing. It, I mean, it became their life. They they were teaching other people. They wrote books. They wrote um you know, like just, it was just their money making machine. Like that was what their life was about was spreading raw veganism. Um, to anybody who doesn't understand that raw veganism is a bit extreme. Vegetarians will eat, uh, will eat usually dairy and eggs and, um, some honey and things like that. Vegans will eat cooked food, uh, just not anything from animal. A raw vegan does not eat anything that's cooked. Or from an animal. So they eat basically raw fruits and vegetables. And that's it. Yeah. And what was happening, and you actually, like, this came out years later. So, like, the first four or five years, you know, these people are still on the bandwagon. Some of the people, like, okay, three or four years in, my teeth started decaying. I started having health problems. But I wasn't telling anybody because I'm supposed to be the raw, the raw vegan guru. And... um a lot of these people by year f- between five and eight bailed. Like they all That's had a to, long commitment. In fact, some of these people went raw carnivore. Like they switched to meat. They some people just went back to eating like vegan or, or you know or vegetarian because they had to incorporate some proteins and eggs and stuff in because. Unfortunately, raw vegan is fine temporarily for short term as a cleansing diet. Your body can tolerate it just fine for a short period of time. But there's certain vitamins and minerals you cannot get. Like you cannot get um, B12. Like you just can't. There are certain vitamins and minerals that just are not available. And if you don't get them through supplementation, it's almost impossible to get it through a raw vegan diet. And so although, now mind you, 
like now I see this, this is 10, 15 years into this whole, the, the whole community. And there's people that I've followed for all those years. And I see that they're like completely, they either completely renounced it and left, or they said, wow. Hey, you know, behind the scenes, like we were all pretending to be raw vegan, but when we got together, we were eating eggs, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you know, scandalous. like we were eating some fish, <laughs> but we weren't telling anybody. Some people even got divorced over it. Like, wow. Um, it, wow. So like it wasn't it wasn't truly truly genuine long term results, but I'll tell you what like in the beginning when this was all like hyped up and everyone's like this is the new thing this will cure all your health problems I mean everything I got sucked into it now it was such an impossible diet for me to do I never actually did it. But I bought all the yeah. books. Like I bought so many raw vegan books and I was watching YouTube videos and I mean I got the whole thing and I was like, Man, I wish I could be a raw vegan because like these people's lives seem to be amazing. <laughs> Mind you, most of yeah. these people lived in tropical locations, so they had like steady access to fresh fruit all year round. <laughs> Which yeah. makes a difference. I mean, people who live in tropical locations actually can function better on a diet like that because they have good access. But like if you're up in Michigan in the middle of winter. Well, yeah, and it's it's homegrown if you're living in a tropical climate. Like, you know, yeah. which therefore makes it cheaper and better and, you know, all the things. So I know so long way to say this. Like this was like a microcosm. Long. Of this concept of things sometimes don't show their true colors or mm. the benefit or whatever until the long-term effects kick in, until years yeah. go by. That's good. And a lot of time with people and their character, you don't really know a person's character until you've known them long enough and been in enough scenarios with them to know how they're going to emotionally respond to trauma or anger or whatever. And the more time you spend with somebody the harder it is for them to hide their pretending, you true. know, because people can only fake or pretend for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their true self is going to come out if you're spending enough time mm -hmm. with them. Um, yeah. So this happens in this, in the spiritual side of things too. Uh, so you'll have people who like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing guided meditation. I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And I cured this and I fixed that. And, 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 you know, I'm doing all this Eastern medicine and, and, and it's one of those things where the long, the long-term fruit of Christianity is eternal life. Yeah. So if, you, <laughs> if you're looking for the longest term fruit out there, Jesus is eternal life and he yeah. imparts eternal life through relationship, eternal life through relationship. And the fruit of that is a life, eternal life with God forever. Yeah. The Bible says he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more sickness and death. Everything will be every form of sin and, and death will be removed and we'll be with him forever. You know, those that love him. And, um, so backing up to this whole theory, this whole concept of, um, discerning eternity is we really do have to judge things in light of eternity. Like that's that's where that's that's the measuring stick for whether or not something has e has long term fruit. And I would say as well, like if you look at anything, there's that expression that's like, oh, I don't think this is the right one, but it's like anything worth doing is worth doing well. Um, a lot. There's a lot of 
there's some expression similar to that one that's like basically the best things are the ones that take the most time. They, you know, you have to wait the longest or work the hardest or whatever. Um, and it's just like get, get rich quick schemes. I mean, like we know they don't really work. You know, we know that they have a lot of upfront cost and you typically don't reap it back and all these things. And it's like, if it's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And if it's really valuable, then it's going to take time. It's like, you know, if you were building a house, like you can't build a house in a month, a quality worthwhile home is going to take a long time um, to build. And if you have this eternal mindset and you want that victory in Jesus and you want to have that eternal life, which is forever, then there are things that it makes it more challenging while we're here on earth that does make it a little bit more requires more staying power, which is something that we've talked about in, you know, past episodes. Um, so it's not, you know, we have to view this eternal mindset with, I might have to go through some stuff. It might not be the easiest. It might not be the thing that my body wants the most or my mind wants the most or the, you know, whatever, but it's worth it because it's eternal because of the um, eternal reward that we get um, in that life with Jesus in heaven. So yeah, it's just like a lot of the things that I feel like people fall into traps here on earth are because they are easy or they feel good physically or mentally or spiritually, like they feel good to us while we're here. And like, sometimes it's hard to be the person that has to say like, yeah, it looks kind of good, but really pressing in with Holy Spirit and be like, this is not the thing. Like, this is just going to derail me. Um, To pull in some Bible verses, because you knew I was going to go there. Um, <laughs> As we should. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, starting in verse 5. Paul the Apostle saying, like, some people plant, some people water, but God grows, right? It's really God mm. who grows everything. And then in verse 9, it says, for we are both God's workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, fire will, will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Mm. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Wow. So thinking about it, it, if you're going to build with materials that last, like well, in modern day terms, would be concrete. It'd be steel, like things that, right. but they're, they're expensive and they take time to make. Like it's, that's good. you know, it has to, engineering's involved. Uh, back then they're saying gold, silver jewels, but the gold, silver, precious stem gemstones, like it took time and effort to mine those and refine them and find them. Whereas Absolutely. wood, hay and straw. I mean, you can They're find everywhere. that anywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even if we were to like, when we talk about buildings that are hurricane and fireproof, like 
obviously a, a log cabin is not as fireproof as a concrete compound. Yeah, I mean, and then look at the, even like all the buildings are building out west that are like earthquake proof, right? It's like steel and concrete, you know, they're made special ways to withstand the shaking, right? But let's just say in modern terms, okay, so if a building is said, you have two buildings and one saying, I'm, they're both saying, I'm rated for earthquake, but there's no like objective check on that. Mm. Well, then when the earthquake comes... You'll find out who's really You'll find out which building was actually <laughs> earthquake-proofed, you know? And that's part of the problem is you could have people telling you all day long that smudging sage works or, oh you know, gosh. you yeah. know all of the things, like all the random right. things people say right. you should do or could do. Um, or even with psychics, it's like, okay, so a psychic is like, oh, I have psychic impressions and I let people know about cold cases or I, you know, the police consult me and, or I tell them about their loved ones. Well, the short term result is that person just is like, one, they're gobsmacked because they're like, oh my gosh, this person told me things that they could know. Uh, they're telling me about my dead loved one. And then yeah. they feel great. They're like, oh my gosh, this feels so good because I, I, I just feel good because I connected with my loved one who's gone and they say they're fine in the better place. And and if they're giving you accurate information, then like what can be wrong, right? Like I know this special thing my grandpa only told me. And then it feels whatever. good too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Short term. Short term. Well, in the light of scripture, in the light of God, in the light of what he says you shouldn't, shouldn't do and what's dangerous and what's not dangerous spiritually, long term, we could say maybe, I mean, that psychic is demonized. And then maybe yeah. those people who receive that psychic's, uh, um, <laughs> I wanted to say ministry because, you know, it's like their, their administration of their whatever it is they do, like right. that could demonize that person. And then that could have long term things where the devil gets in and then could destroy their life years down the road. We don't yeah. know that. But see, that's why it's like everyone judges everything by the immediacy of their feelings and the immediacy of oh, well, I had results, you know, like, in fact, if you think about it, I mean, a lot of people are trying to trick people into quick, quick rich schemes or yeah. gambling or whatever. Like a lot of the time they'll hook somebody in by giving them a fake return. Like, oh, here, put this money in. Okay. I put in $500. Okay. Well, then that scammer takes money he scammed from somebody else and then gives that person a $1,000 return or $2,000 return. At first. And that person's like, oh my gosh, it worked, you know? And I got a return. And then the guy's like, well, I really need you to invest, you know, $100,000 or, or, you know, whatever it is. And they're like, well, they just proved to me a return. Like, I can get a return. Like, yes, I'll give you my money. Well, and then that scammer takes that money and then transfers it to somebody else to trick them. And no one's ever really making money, but the scammer. Just yeah. moving the money around. Yeah. But, I, uh, you know, and so there's, I feel like a lot of time with these spiritual deception is Satan kind of giving you that stolen money up front to trick you into thinking that it works, that it was what it seemed to be. So he gets your buy in, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And then a lot of time God doesn't give that kind of, God isn't a get rich quick person. <laughs> so like he says, uh, Jesus says, um, take up your cross and follow me. 
Daily. <laughs> Daily. And everyone's like, um, that doesn't sound very like it really doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound comfortable. Mean, <laughs> like that sounds that doesn't really work with my outfit today, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and Jesus is like, do you really want it? Because and that's the thing, like God's like long term. Okay, let me do another scripture. So we're gonna go to John. And I told you all this like what month a couple months ago. I said to read John fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. You sure did. Hopefully some of y'all did that. Uh, but starting in John 15, I'm the true vine, grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Like I said, that was the reference I made earlier. He cuts off every branch of mine. Mind you, he said he, meaning God, cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and, the, and prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all like... Gardening, you know, gardening, you have to prune, like people prune their roses if they don't have oh, fruit yeah. or whatever. And and it seems like at first when you're like pruning back a bush, you look like you killed it. <laughs> like you're like, or you, especially if you're not a gardener and then you watch the males pruning something and you go, how is that helpful? Like that looks ridiculous. Like that tree looks like it's down to nothing. Yeah. And the gardener's like, but just you wait, you know, it'll produce more fruit. Um. And that's what God's thinking. He's thinking long-term. He's thinking more fruit. Let's yep. cut you back a little bit. Let's adjust this. It'll be uncomfortable, but your end result is going to be more. Yeah. It doesn't look so good in the wintertime, but it looks yeah. great come spring and summer. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So verse three, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Continuing on. Yes, I am the vine. Because that's some heavy words right there. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Mm. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Keyword, nothing. Nothing. No thing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. Mm. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything, keyword anything, you want, (laughs) and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. I have loved you even as the father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. So he says remain in my love. How do you remain in his love? By obeying his commandments. There you go. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Once again, you know, all those people are stuck in depression. Mm, come on. Uh, Jesus said, if you obey me, you will be filled to overflowing joy. This is my commandment. Love each other as in the same way that I've loved you. Um, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. That's how he knows. Mm-hmm. That's how we all know. Are you I, obedient? Yeah. Are, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. So he's like, 
I'm doing this so that you I produce that. fruit. And when you produce fruit, that means that the Father will give you anything you ask for in his name. Yeah. Keywords. No thing, anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you can... <laughs> um, by this standard, Jesus is being very exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> He's being very intolerant and exclusive. He doesn't want to, like, you know, leave any wiggle room. No. No. So. Goes back to that narrow path and so just here's tipped the, off of it. Here's the things, guys, like. I'm starting to think more that the narrow path is more like a balancing beam. You know, it's just. <laughs> this is what you got. Like the width of your foot. Watch one, how the one wind blows. Time. Um, <laughs> I mean, so if okay, so that that I'm gonna okay. This is this application activation episode, people. So I'm gonna be a little heavy on the scriptures. Okay, we try to activate you. Apologize in advance, but we know you ain't reading them on your own, so we're forcing it down you right now. <laughs> okay. John she was really 10. just talking to me, guys, not you. I'm sure you read more than I do. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so Jesus said. What we just read, right? And John chapter 10, he says, I tell you the truth. This is verse one. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Mm. But the one who enters the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Okay, now Jesus doesn't say who the gatekeeper is, but in my opinion, we can say the gatekeeper is God or Holy Spirit because Jesus later says that he's the door. So, if, you know, obviously if he's the door, then somebody else has got to be the gatekeeper who lets people in. Um, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Mm. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So then he had to go and explain it. (laughs) I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. Meaning all who claim to be the way. Right. Okay. Yeah. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. All positive things, right? The the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Mm. Now, here's another key part here. Once again, like, guys, if you just read your freaking Bible, like, there's so much good stuff in, like, one freaking sentence of the Bible that you could just, like, meditate on that for a life, <laughs> like, your life. Like, here. Because that's what we're supposed to be meditating on, people. Just scripture. Reels right here. That's My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So why are all these Christians walking around? That's what I want. I'm Rich so and depressed. Satisfying. My life sucks. Well, that's because you maybe you're not abiding in the vine and maybe you're not obeying him. Just, you know. It's a possibility. Okay. So verse 11. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hands run away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Yeah, that's also the devil, by the way, because when trouble comes, he running. He's running. No one's going to be there to protect you. Well, he well, Jesus will be there, but he devil won't be there. And it keeps going, so I suggest you all go back and read all of chapter 10. But, yes, you can say the devil, but also hired hands are people who are doing it for other reasons. Yeah, I'm doing it for popularity. I'm doing it for money. I'm doing it for prestige. I'm doing it to satisfy my own issues you know like so yeah i'm just thinking from the eternal perspective of like when when rubber meets the road time comes right like he's not the one that's going to save you and the problem is is that a lot of people think that what they're doing is good and therefore it's good enough because it's quote unquote good um but as jesus said none is good apart from god like god is the only one that's good so you know it's not about you or what you think is good yeah but also, like, okay, so you have the sheepfold. Thieves and robbers jump over. They, they refuse to go through the door. Okay, so we can basically apply this to anyone who teaches a false prophet, false teacher, a false religion. Yeah, false doctrine. False doctrine. All the stuff. They're the thieves and robbers that are jumping over the wall and trying to bypass God. Mm. They're trying. They they do not want. They refuse. They just do not want to go in through the gate because the gate is Jesus, and they yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. And those people don't have staying power. And it's also just a root of rebellion. Like they're operating that way because they don't. You have to submit yourself to God yeah. to get His reward. And if you're not that person, you don't want to submit. You don't want to come down low. Yeah. No. You're gonna jump the fence. And because Jesus said, he's the gate. He says, those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find a pasture. So all you have to do is literally go through the gate of Jesus. Mm. Right? So that that works. <laughs> like That's all you have to do. <laughs> um, and like I said, these people don't have staying power, he says, because when the wolves come, they just run. And here's the thing. Like I, like I said about these people... Well, I was just picking on the raw vegans, but, you know, like, especially the ones that were secretly eating food, yet keeping oh, yeah. up the public persona that they were still eating raw we're vegan eating all the eggs. time. And then the people who are, like, serious, like, the people who are diehard serious, you watch them 10 years later and you see, oh, my gosh, they're emaciated and they're a little crazy. Like, a lot of these people who stuck with it, they're not in the right mind anymore. Like, it's a mm. bit frightening for some of these people. Yeah. And I think it's just from severe malnutrition and stuff. But, they, you know, oh, the, course, but they're yeah. so stuck on their their doctrine, you know, of how they believe they have to eat that they're refusing to, to do what would actually improve their health. But anyway, um, guys, one more. Just one more. Okay. Galatians Is chapter there last 6. Verse? Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7. Okay. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always mm. harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the mm. sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, wow. whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So wow. I, I would say, 
I would hazard to say this. Um, and I do think that this is biblically consistent, not just about this verse, but from other places in the Bible. That those who lived to only satisfy their own sinful nature were harvest to carry in death from that sinful nature. I would can't I would put everyone who does anything outside of Christ in that camp. So anything yeah. you do, good, bad, and indifferent. Um anything anyone does outside of Jesus, good, bad, and indifferent. Um is sowing and reaping from their own sinful nature. And it's not eternal. And it won't matter in the end. Mm. And but those who reap those who sow and reap in the spirit, meaning from the eternal realm from God in him through Christ, it, it it's a fruitful harvest and not just for the short term, but for the long term. Yeah. Um and honestly, you know. Okay, you know those like those restaurants. This is less common, but used to be more common. Remember restaurants where they have like the the wax fake food on the countertops? Oh yeah, like the so, wax grapes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you look at it and the, and you're like, first second, like at just first glance, you're like, oh, that's fruit or food or whatever. And then you look at it and you're like, oh no, that's that's wax. That's that's fake. That's fake. <laughs> It just looks like it, but it's not it. And that's what I'm just trying to say. That's today's tagline. Don't eat fake food. Yeah. <laughs> don't trust fake fruit. Give mm. it. And, and also know you have that's to give good. things time. Like you have to discern things. That's good. So if Holy Spirit's telling you, warning, alert, alert. Well, you know, we don't want to walk around being suspicious weirdos. But at the same time, if you feel a check in your spirit, you feel a check. What you do is you, you, you can, okay, acknowledge the check. I am now going to monitor that check. I'm going to put that check. I'm going to take what I'm, what is in check and I'm going to set it up on a shelf and I'm going to hold it there and I'm going to leave it there until I see the fruit of that. That's good. Right? Like I'm not going to jump on it. Without, I mean, unless God really tells you, like, hey, this is upfront obvious, cut it out, do this, do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, when you just have a check about somebody or something, you're like, I don't know, there's just something not quite right about it. This happened to me with the Enneagram. Sorry, all you people who listen to Enneagram. (laughs) I just, there was a check. Like, I I was like, there's something not right about this. And at first, I was like... It's just Same. not quite right. Like there's something really off about this, but I can't put my finger on it. And yeah. so at first I was like, just let it alone. But then it became super popular. And then I'm like, okay, let me revisit it. I learn more about it. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, they're saying like the Christian people who say they do the Enneagram, like the source of it, they're saying things like it was passed down by the desert fathers and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. Like I was mm-hmm. like, there's just something not quite right. I and feel it all like focuses on so much of your negative qualities and attributes. Yeah. And yeah. There's a lot of things. And it was like, this is not about the, for the spirit one. And two, I was like, this feels like it's trying to replace Holy spirit in your life. Okay. Oh yeah. So I had this check. I had this thing and I just know, I was like, I know it's not right. Well, well enough time goes by. And someone does an interview with the guy who came up with the modern version of the Enneagram. And he straight up admitted in an interview, he said that if I just told everyone up front that I got this information through my own observation and through my spirit guide and channeling 
my spirit guide, no one would have taken me seriously and no one would have listened. So I made up the story about it being passed down from the Desert Fathers. Come on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's my proof right yeah. there. The guy admitted it. Like, but he didn't admit that up front. You know, this was years later. You no, know, yeah, and so not only so so for those people who wouldn't listen to me about the Enneagram. Now I have cold, hard evidence of this guy admitting that he lied about it and that he channeled the information from a spirit guide or AKA demons. This is demonic forces. That now I can show that to a Christian and go, hey, this is the source of Enneagram. You need to reconsider this. Yeah. And now they'd be like, oh, whereas before, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're just being judgmental or you just don't really know or whatever. You're overly sensitive. Stop being so religious. (laughs) So sometimes you really have to wait and stick to your guns and just be patient because there's so many verses in Proverbs and in the Old Testament talking about like, if you just wait, if the righteous man does what he's supposed to do, the enemy will fall on their face. They'll trip in their own traps. They'll, um, they'll be exposed, like given enough time, this stuff will show itself. Yeah. And then sometimes if you have a friend who's caught up in this stuff, unfortunately, sometimes you have to wait long enough, hang around and wait long enough for the bad fruit to show up. Yeah. Because at first yeah. you're just so in love with the concept of whatever it is that you maybe it's three or four years down the road and then they start getting demonized and things start happening, things are going yeah. wrong. And they're like, I thought and this is good. And then they come to you because you were patiently waiting in the wings going, yeah, that's right. not going to work out for you long term. And they're like, you yeah. don't know what you're talking about. And uh, then yeah, and it's, it's difficult because then you, you also have to stand your own ground, right? And you're waiting for that. You have to like not doubt your convictions or check or whatever the thing was that had you back away and say no. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important too. I I uh, went to school with a very close friend group of three people. And uh, one of the people in there slowly kind of just revealed more and more and more about themselves as we, as we got older and started driving and going places and had some toxic traits and some toxic habits that they did not seem willing to change or acknowledge or anything. So I pulled myself out. And I said, sorry, like I, so I, I had to pull myself out of that particular friend circle and saying, hang, hang out with the other people in it, but not the one person who was toxic. And I would have a friend who was still friends with that person say, Hey, like, why aren't you hanging out with so-and-so da, da, da. and I said like, Hey, I've noticed these things. It's toxic behavior. It's not helping anyone. Certainly not helping me. It's not helping them long-term. I'm not going to participate in it. And it wasn't until two or three years later that that friend was like, oh, you know what? I see it now and I'm not, I have to, it's, 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 and it had gotten so bad to the point where it was like really toxic to the fact where it was affecting their relationship, their friendship. And like, I can still be friendly with that person because I pulled myself out way early, right? Whereas they couldn't Mm -hmm. do that anymore because they had gotten burned. And, you know, in those few years of sitting around waiting to basically be proven right, like that's not comfortable. Like that's not a fun place to sit. So, um, and, and remember yeah. guys, truth is on your side. So you don't have to prove the truth. Like Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So you don't have to prove Jesus. You yeah, just present important. him and you present the information and also don't do the, I told you so dance. Yeah. You know, I mean, when Jesus they came back and they glow, you know, like don't glow yeah. guys. Like that's everyone pride. has to face him. You know, everyone's going to have to face him at the end of time. So we really don't have to sit here and try to like. Yeah, like boast and or or fight it. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've told people, like I say, blah 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 blah, and they're like, mm, "Nah." I'm like, "Okay, 
Okay. I mean, that's what God showed me, and that's, you know, whatever. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm not having to prove it. Yeah, I think it's a good, like, takeaway for people, you know? It's like, put, like, what's something that you can stick on a shelf and wait and see? What's yeah. it, what's it going to do? And those same people who were like, meh, I don't know, like, a year later are like, oh, you know, <laughs> you were right. And it's Funny okay, thing. right? Like, like I said, because... My confidence wasn't in myself and being right. My confidence mm-hmm. was in the truth of what God had said. Come on. And so I don't have to sit there and defend it. I don't have to be rude about it. I don't have to shove it on people's faces. I don't have to, like, you know, do, manipulate people. I, I, you don't have to do any of that stuff because you pray for people and then you, like, you just yep. let it be. That's and honestly, so arguing people when they're in that honeymoon phase of whatever thing they're attached to oh, and they're yeah. caught up in. You can't talk them out. Arguing with them and giving them the facts usually doesn't work. Honestly, it usually they have to fall. A lot of time people have to hit rock bottom or fall on their face before they realize they're their ways. And that's and hard. That's right? just you don't want it that. And especially if it's a friend or a family member, like you don't want them to get hurt or like, so we do that to try to protect one another. But yeah, there are so many things. It's like you, you got to let them. And so, yeah, I would just, I think that's, that is a whole, by the a whole thing that can preach, by the way, Rachel, it's like a whole word. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it would be a good application to this episode to see like, hey, is there something going on in your life or a friend's life or your spouse or whatever that you have a check about that you've maybe disregarded? Like, or, you know, just keep an eye out for something over the course of the next couple of weeks and see like, hey, is there something that is a little bit of a flag that I can purposely say, I'm going to set this on the shelf and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to see what kind of fruit it has. Also, based on John chapter 10, I mean, um, John chapter 15, uh, if things are not going right in your life, like if everything's a hot mess, um, you might have to go back to the basics of, are you obeying God? Mm, yeah, no, for sure. Because we want to complain and blame everything on spiritual warfare and all the things like it's other people and it's the devil and all that stuff. And here you are going and God's like, or you say, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. <laughs> Most of the time you say, go back to what was the last thing you remember God telling you? Yeah. Almost nine times out of 10, if you have a person saying, I can't hear from God right now, like he's just so distant. And you say to him, say to them, what was the last thing God told you that you know you heard from God? Mm -hmm. Almost always, it was a directive or a command that they didn't do. Yeah, It was something that God told them to do that they said, "Eh, maybe not, maybe later. And that- Don't wait to be swallowed by a whale in order to find out. I'm going to have to do what so, he said anyway. And I'm serious. Like, take a serious, hard look at yourself because you do not want to be the branch that gets pruned. Mm, I mean, that on. gets cut off. Yeah. Because it's producing no fruit. Yeah. You want to be the branch that gets pruned and then bears more fruit. So you have to let God do the pruning process, but you also have to take a realistic look at yourself and go, okay, God, where did you, where did I go wrong on the whole obedience thing? Yeah. And don't sit here and complain because your house is muddy and wet and rain filled and flooding and cold and whatever when your front door's open. Shut it. Let's start there. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and, Shut the and, door. Okay. First. So, what we're going to do is because we got caught up in this, I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about shortcuts versus or. God ordained acceleration probably in yeah. a remit episode because I yeah. think we can really go on to like 
how people try to like manipulate things without having to actually obey God. Yeah. And then what it looks like, <laughs> right? That, that practicality of what it looks like when you have a man that's trying to like just make his way a shortcut and what it really mm-hmm. looks like to have God accelerate you and maybe give some more like practical examples of what that really looks like in the world to help you guys. That's a good one. And remember, not all that glitters is gold. That's great. That's a really great saying. And that that really sums up what we're talking about today. Not all the things that your friends in the world are throwing at you that glitters is actual gold that will last and and bear through the fire. Yep. Some of it is just Christmas glitter. Just some tinsel. It'll go up and poof. That's awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that one in the Rama. And uh we appreciate you guys and we thank you for joining us today. And um again, just keep a lookout for that. Not keep a lookout, we've already changed it, but thanks for shifting with our change and release schedule. And uh yeah, we will see you guys on the next episode of Life for Your Soul. Yep, thanks. Bye guys. Bye. This has been an episode of Life for Your Soul, brought to you by the Sevenfold. For more info on who we are and what you've heard in today's episode, head over to the sevenfold.com. Today we leave you with this blessing from 3 John. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, this is life for your soul.